0: On this episode of AV Social, we talk about how social media tools can be a great way to get your message out, connect with others, and discover something new. But what happens when you lose access to those tools you rely on every day? We'll talk with one company who is faced with that problem and how they overcame it.
1: The Network for the AV Industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is this AV A-B Nation. Nation. This is AV Nation.
0: This is AV Social Episode 50, Twitter Jail.
1: Support for AV Nation is brought to you by
2: Peerless AV, driving
1: technology through innovation.
0: 2 weeks ago, PR firm Caster Communications Twitter account was temporarily suspended. In the midst of a busy season for the company, Acedia is only weeks away. They lost access to a main tool. To discuss that today, the Twitter problem of Caster Communications is myself, Kelly Perkins, and my wonderful co-host, Don Mead.
3: Hey, Kelly. Good to see you again. You as well. And today we're all joined, obviously, from the folks from Caster Communications. So with us, we have Kim Lancaster, who is the president of Caster Communications. The Caster in is hey there. from Lancaster. Welcome.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's, that's how it goes. Yes. Hi.
3: And we have her vice president of Caster Communications, Ashley Dano. Ashley, welcome as well. Thanks so much. Glad to be here. We are glad to have you both, although it would be better not in these circumstances, I'm sure.
2: Hey, what doesn't kill us makes us stronger, right?
3: <laughs> well, and, and to that end, let's um, have a little recap. Uh, either Ashley or Kimberly, do you want to give us a quick rundown? What happened? So. For folks that didn't follow along on Twitter.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so uh, I'll start. So we have been on Twitter basically since 2008, 2007. Long time, since the beginning. Um, Never actually had any issues. So, you know, we've grown our account since then. We've uh, been through lots of storms of, you know, bots and all the different iterations of Twitter. Um, A couple weeks ago, we started to see some weird activity both on our Twitter Feeds and client ones, actually, where we were getting requests to um, authenticate or verify phone numbers or information on the accounts, and um, it was it was a little odd and sort of out of out of left field. But um, we were kind of doing what they told us and verifying accounts and making sure they knew we were real people and all of that good stuff. And one day, uh, our one of our account coordinators came in and was blocked out of the account and couldn't understand why and tried to solve it herself. She tried to go through the process. They give you sort of a, you have been locked out. Here are the steps to take to unlock your account. Uh, after doing them several times, she started to panic and as anyone would, <laughs> but Absolutely. particularly her, cause she felt like she probably broke it and was, was freaking out. Um, it yeah, happened that my that. phone number was, uh, the cell phone number that was on the account for some reason. I'm not sure why, but, um, and when you're with a company for, you know, almost a decade, I guess your phone number is just smeared across random things. Um, so it was, so they were doing authenticated tests through my phone. I was getting them in saying, yes, we're real. Nothing was working. Um, So that's where it began. It began with a couldn't figure out why the exact thing that they told us was you have been, uh, we have suspicious automated activity on your account. So essentially they thought we were, you know, some type of bot account or something tweeting regularly the same content or, you know, and we all see these types of things on Twitter. They exist and Twitter is constantly trying to call them. So that's where it began.
3: So okay, um, and that's the, the main caster communications handle uh, at Castor.com.
1: Yes. C A S T E R C O M M. You can go follow along with the uh, thread if you (laughs) want to. But yes, it's our main. It's our main one. Um, It actually also one of our employees also ended up getting a verification around the same time frame. Um, But she hers wasn't locked. Luckily, it was just sort of a warning sign or whatnot. Um, And then when I came into the fold, I basically like you know sort of (laughs) told everybody to log out of Twitter and stop touching it and doing things to it because you know there was everybody was freaking out and tried to sort of get a handle. what I first what I realized was our account, uh, the email that was associated with our account was just our info at, and which is fine, except that I wanted to be able to email them directly from the account that was associated with it. So I switched it to our uh, Gmail account so that I could, you know, directly email them from castor.com at Gmail. And we switched the phone number to Kim so that, you know, we thought maybe re-sort of setting everything, um, was going to help us. So she authenticated, we did that. Um, and then I started filing complaints after none of that worked from the Castor Com Gmail, um, and, and basically just kept getting a series of the same form email. It became apparent pretty quickly, probably within, I don't know, a few, less than a few hours that everything that we were seeing support wise was run by bots. There was all algorithms. So there wasn't any human oh. behind it. It was just the yeah. same, you know, pre- do this, press here, you get this page, do this, press, you know, choose your own adventure of, you know, being in Twitter jail basically. Uh, and it was, it was, it was mind boggling because th- no matter what you did, you know, they kept saying like, if you're still having problems, re- respond to this email and contact us, but we're responding to that email would get you another form, you know, well, what did you do to do. Right, so it was you,
2: just, you happened. would, you would end up in the exact same spot yeah. so we when ashley was doing it we we had other people doing it in tandem so with my email it was shut all of your accounts down that you're logged into so if you handle multiple clients or uh, you have a personal handle and you have the castercom handle it was log out of everything, right? So everything log out, start from scratch and go on to CasterCom so they can see that you're you're coming from the account that's turned off or suspended. And you would do that, and then you would end up in a it was a full cycle. You would enter the information. Um, where are you having, what is the problem? Where are you having the problem? And to be honest, the question was so stupid. The question was, where are you having this problem? It was a pull-down menu of, <laughs> is it on your Android? Is, is it on your iPhone? Is it on your iPad? Is it on a, Is it on your desktop? And you're like, are you kidding me? It's everywhere there's and that wasn't even option. No, and there was also no select right. all. So we we had theories of okay, everybody submit a ticket under different devices. Let's see, you know, maybe <laughs> somebody monitors Android over iPhone, you know, there's less complaints, maybe we'll go to the top of the queue better. I mean, ridiculous things in terms of trying to figure out the process of what can we do? down to the point that everybody, somebody, I think it was actually Ashley, said, everybody stop, you know, so, um, because you're, you, you start going, so that was all between the Thursday and Friday, so then it became, it was like Friday afternoon, and, you know, Ashley made the moratorium, we had everything rechanged, everything verified, and we said, okay, we're going to kind of put it out there that we're down, so that over the weekend, there wasn't this whole, what's going on? So everyone on the team put the notice out that CastorCom was down. Um, we did it. We still were tagging CastorCom. And, you know, but put it out for quiet for the weekend, thinking, oh, it'll come up. Like over the weekend, somebody will come back to us and say, hey, you guys are back. Right. But that didn't happen.
0: Oh, wow. Nope.
3: No. I mean, <laughs> for, first of all, how ironic is it that you're being suspected of being yes. bots, but can only talk to bots to try to resolve it? That's like a Black Mirror episode. Truly, you're just <laughs> yeah. <in> it. exactly.
0: <laughs> it's like well, talking to Google. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, that's, so too. Yeah.
2: we've done it with other accounts. You know, we have we've had other accounts where like Facebook has been suspended for an issue. Um, but I've always been able to reach a human, always. So the process, which actually Ashley can talk about, Ashley and Kira in our office both went through phone support. The, the Twitter support handles, all the at Twitter handles are all a bot. It's an auto-generated response that comes into you. So we gave up on that. And then in the next week, so now it's been Thursday was when everything started. Uh, what was that? The 20... I can't think of the date right now, but it was the Thursday because we're only been back. So it only got turned back on this past week. Um, We were down for eight days. So if we go through the weekend, we come in on Monday and now we kind of restart. What do we have to do? What are our options? So phone comes into play, which Ashley handled the phone so she can, you want maddening?
1: Yeah, Go I mean, I'm, process. I was Googling over the weekend and I found a couple of different support numbers, um, mostly on older blogs, but you know, what the heck, give it a try. So when you call, it is the Twitter number and they say, welcome to Twitter. And the very first thing they say is, if you're calling for customer support, press one. So I'm like, yes, there is a customer support prompt. Like, that's awesome. And then you, and you press one and you expect to be diverted to a call center and what you get is uh, Twitter does not take customer support calls over the phone. To to initiate a support ticket, visit support.twitter.com. That is literally the automated, that's their idea of, of phone customer support. Now, my guess is that at one point, Twitter did have customer some type of phone support, which is why there's a number out there. And probably over the years, as their platform got kind of riddled with you know, bot and hate and all kinds of complaints and, you know, just, it's kind of a little bit of a dumpster fire of a social media platform, if we're being honest. They lost control, and my guess is that they just were like, phone support is just, we just can't even handle it anymore. Way too many people are calling with all their little, like, you know, so-and-so said this and whatever, so they shut it down. But there had to be one at one point, but there was no human... Uh, it was super clear to me that we were going to literally have to hunt down. I spent most of the weekend, in addition to trying to find numbers, looking up Twitter employees on Ugh. LinkedIn and That's trying to so, figure so, out. Oh my gosh! Trying to figure uh, out who you know who has support in their title. Uh, you know, they should probably all be fired. Just kidding. But really, uh, it's probably not individual people that's problem, but they're all it support people. So I start messaging them. I start trying to find their email addresses. I mean, it was like, this is, you know, a whole, cause I want Monday morning to come and to not have to deal with this. Like, I'm just like, please let us not have to deal with this. And we did Monday morning. We came back and it was still there. Um, and you know, we started looking at like Hail Marys at that point because it was like, this is not going to happen. There's no, I'm not getting anywhere with these emails. I will continue to submit tickets and I will continue to respond to the threads, but it's, I need to, you know, plan B needs to be in place because we're not getting anywhere with this. And obviously we are two weeks out from Cedia. So, you know, then we, we started looking at, I found a resource that talked about, um, doing this thing that, again, it was from a few years old, so it probably used to work and now it doesn't, but basically creating a separate account that with whatever name you want and then transferring, changing the name of, the, of your uh, account that's locked and then changing, uh, and then that username becomes free. And then going to the secondary account that you just started, going to that username and changing that one from whatever random one you picked to your the one you really wanted. And supposedly back then it would flip the accounts. All of your followers would transfer to this new account and you would be golden or whatever, presumably. So I didn't obviously want to do this on the caster account because it seemed a little risky to just give up our username and you know put it out there. I really, I really right. thought it would be screwed. So I created, um, I created a user account called bobuser6, just because that was what the article was using. And I was like, whatever, I'm going to... So there's a random uh, Twitter account called Bobuser6. And I tried to uh, flip it with a, another one, and it didn't work. And so I I really thought I was like the creative genius. I'm like, oh my God, this is going to be amazing. We're going to get it back. We're going to circumvent them. They're not even going to know. Um, and it did, it did nothing. It was basically... I was basically just playing around, changing the names of two Twitter accounts, which were Bobuser6 and Bobuser6old. And and then it was just like a whole... I was like, what am I doing with my life? This is... <laughs> so that had to stop. So, you know, uh, meanwhile, Kim and our staff are like posting on Twitter and it became this whole like which you know was kind of fun to watch, even you know, though that was really frustrating. Um, this whole like camaraderie from baby troops around our Twitter shutdown, which is kind of cool. Yeah.
2: yeah and that- so in that process we also did the you know, as days would go by, so you we would there'd be more research or someone would find something different. We did the account purging, right? So it was like, okay. Yep. We have recently been hiring. So we had job ads. Because when you talk about automation, you're trying to look at your account. What do we automate? Caster probably, Castercom posts two to six times a day, right? And some of that I is scheduled. We use Sprout as our scheduling tool. They're paid so it's a service we pay a very dear amount of money to each month to use so that you can see across clients you can see metrics uh it's multi-platform so it's not just twitter it has facebook and other pieces on it um but so it's not automated it's scheduled and they count the content is different by every platform and it's just how we do it but our job posts we were probably doing a little more frequently than usual. And maybe that meant there was one every other day, or maybe yeah. there was one and somebody liked one that one of the team put out. And I'm like, there is no way. Like you read about spam, you read about automation. It's all about things like it hits. And then you could tell within a second something generates, right? It's an auto ping and something goes out. That is not what our account was doing. But the paranoia from us that we did something wrong was also really evident. And so we're looking, are there things that we should get rid of? Because it does say, okay, if they are looking at your account, they can be looking at what you're doing, which is why I kept tagging at CastorCom. And actually, the more people in the industry did, I'm like, this is validating that all of these people are... Out there, they support this account. They're talking about it. They're talking about it as a news stream. Um, Actually, women in AV got involved and they're like, This is a women owned business. What are you doing? Like, this is a, these people work with all these companies in this industry. We actually want to know what they're putting out from the news. Sometimes this is the first place we see it. And so, you know, we keep thinking this is going to move the bar. So we stay at it. We do it from our personal accounts. We're tagging CastorCom. And we're not, clearly, making any progress. So I think at this point, we're now Wednesday into Thursday. So Thursday marks day seven. It's been one week since the shutdown. Um, And we as the team had that conversation that night at the end of the workday. And we're like looking at each other and we're like, we're going to have to do something. What do we do next? We can't, how much longer are we going to go? (laughs) I guess, like, this is the reality of, we're going to lose not just, Castorcom, Castorcom is going to be on Twitter with this suspension line across it, which is our brand, our logos in the back. We can't change anything. The account is locked. Um, the last tweet is actually a retweet of, our, of Alex Crab, our SVP on a piece of client news. And we can't do anything about it. And so that is when I did, made the decision. I'm like, we're going to make another handle. And we're going to do castercom.com and see if we one start can rebuild users, start getting people to come over here. Um, I will say the pretty cool thing was in under 24 hours. We I got it up at uh, it was pretty close to midnight on the Thursday. By Friday at I don't know two three o'clock, we had we were just under 100 followers in you know, kind of like a eight hour, 10 hour period. And, um, and then it gets funny from there because then, you know, Alex Gill on our team has this massive revelation of, oh, we, she was searching through emails of what we've done in the past if we've had problems and she finds a name. Uh, And at the end of the day, here's like, it all comes down to this. From the moment she's able to reach a person at Twitter, we get them the ticket numbers, We they look at it, and it's under in under four hours we're released. And they say, um, the person we were talking to said, oh, it's been flagged in error, I can see that. nobody's has Q on it, it has all these ticket numbers, but nobody's doing anything. Um, but at that point that he became involved, that's when it everything turned and then we were back up and then we had two twitter handles and (laughs) everybody was like going crazy and applauding and that was kind of funny and but the lessons from there are miraculous
1: Yeah. And then the other funny thing was our, the, that email that I said, I, I moved everything to Gmail, the Gmail account and Meredith's account and my Castercom account and somebody else's all got at the same time. Mine, yep. uh, Yeah. Yours, everybody got a, um, basically, oops, your account was blocked for no reason. Sorry about that. It was like a, you know, a form email response or whatever, like enjoy love support at Twitter. And that was, that was, that was it. By the way, we should do a shout out. Not that he probably, he or she watches this, but Ren at Twitter is the employee who saved our lives. So uh, thank you, Ren. We should send you something. if We can figure out how, but yeah, we, we, and you know, and the thing that we realized in the end was Ren uh, works in advertising for Twitter. And so every social media platform Facebook, LinkedIn, they have a massive army of salespeople who are designed to get you to spend more money on the platform. Whenever you launch a series of ads, you typically start to get, you know, all kinds of emails from these people of like, how can we help you spend more money? Basically. Uh, I've gotten really aggressive ones from Facebook people where they call, but, those are where the people are generally, and those are the first people that you can sort of get to. Um, and what we realized for Twitter is that, and maybe this is true, that the only people who work at Twitter, uh, maybe besides the engineers who code, are the people who work in outsales sales, because that those were the only human beings. Uh, that's so to date, those are the only human beings I've ever seen at Twitter or had and had responded to email. And that and this dude, this guy's or girl, I don't know. Uh, they're. Job was not to help us. I mean it literally nothing to do with support nothing even to do with our specific account It was just a person who we could get to say Can you email somebody else that's gonna do something about this? So it wasn't even like we found the right person. It was simply a person versus found
2: a human web this of is a bot. Right, wow.
1: right. Yeah. I've had the same issue with Google like
0: I mentioned earlier Yeah, yeah where I had bought a domain from blogspot mm forever ago before (laughs) so long ago and yeah I could not get a hold of anyone because I just wanted to renew the URL but Mm. my credit card had expired and so they were going to release it but then yeah I had to call somebody at AdWords
1: yep there you go person
0: on the phone that's Mm -hmm. so funny that you said that Mm.
1: Mm-hmm. That totally makes sense. I, somebody else that I know had a problem with that. Their like their apartment was uh, on Google Maps was listed as um, a travel agency. <laughs> like their apartment and on the map was like How travel, nice. and so they were getting all kinds of like super weird people buzzing to like go up to their apartment because they thought that it was a travel agency. And they tried to get Google to take it down, and they couldn't reach anybody at Google. Like it was just this massive loop yep. of like. I am not a travel agency. I'm just a man. Please me <laughs> <alone>. <laughs> so, so it sounds like in each of these cases, like the only way
3: to get resolution to a problem like this is to actually find a warm blooded human in the giant AI and bot web yep. that they've built out there. I, I mean, exactly. is there any lesson here that we could learn or something that we could Do as other people in the business world, or even other businesses that rely on these tools for our business, to try to get around issues like this. Or or, or what kind of advice do you have for folks facing a similar issue?
2: Build the ad account relationship first, (laughs) even if it's you're just going to do one or two. Seriously, it's not. I mean, you don't have to spend a fortune. You know, you can spend a hundred bucks and you know have a person who at least knows, oh, I need to look at, you know, at Dawn Mead's account every now and then, or That's if sad. she emails me that I can respond to it. And it's, I think if you're a person who, you know, one, you're, you have your individual account to you have a corporate handle, um, or maybe you have multiple corporate handles. Maybe you have a support handle. Maybe you have, uh, just a, a sales or a promotional handle, um, you think you have to have this now, that was the lesson that we all took away from it, regardless of what the platform is. you've got to know who you're going to go to before it happens, and that probably means you actually need two names right because at ren, I don't know how we he was from two years ago, and I think we got lucky yep, and that was that that was luck on that one i don't although I actually gotta add uh email like the next day.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I was like, not today, Satan, not today. Although I did I did save I saved his contact info though. I was like, Oh hey Ted, you're getting you're a new contact in my phone because you bet I'm gonna be hitting you up in a few years if this ever happens (laughs) again. So now we have two contacts, but actually tech, I mean, spending money probably would get you on the radar faster. If you just went into the ads.twitter.com, cause it's, that's the platform. Okay. Um, if you went into that URL and you just like hit, you know, help me get started or whatever, you would probably yeah. also get someone who would reach out to you and, you know, you could like keep them on a thread and every once in a while say hi to them or something. So, that you know, they still work there sounds ridiculous, but that is literally where the humans are, that humans work in ad sales. Like otherwise they, you know, they just don't, it's just deprioritized. And again, The thing that's tough about this is that, so, you know, what do you do if this happens to you? Well, if it happens to you because you really did violate something, I think that there probably are, and I don't know this scientifically, but my guess is that there are probably, if you followed the steps they gave you, which are, you know, authenticate your phone number and your email address, um, remove, they may even tell you what post to remove if it was a specific you got flagged for this, or remove things that look like automated activity, Um, you know, just anything that they're saying is, or, results, if you do those things and it was because of those things, you might have, you might get it unlocked pretty quickly. I mean, they, they have these algorithms. I imagine they work for some people who actually needed, you know, actually did the thing they were being accused of. But the problem in our case was that we broke the algorithm because we didn't do the thing. It was an error. And so none of the loops were happening. Mm, And That was the frustrating part. So if, if you do it for real, you probably actually have a better time getting out of Twitter jail than if you do it, if you, nothing that you did uh, triggers it, and then you're going to need to keep it right away. Like, you shouldn't even bother trying to <laughs> go through the 17 million steps.
3: So anybody from Google or from Twitter is watching this, put in an oopsie feedback loop so that if you <laughs> yes. make an oopsie in the future, right. people can actually get assistance. I yeah. think that's a lesson for those folks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I mean, do you, do you have any suggestions what companies or even clients that rely on services like this can do besides buying ads? Is there, is there any kind of like backup plan or, or emergency reserve that, you know, I, I mean, th- you know, a few years ago with all the, the free speech stuff, a few competitors to Twitter cropped up here and there. I think Gab was one of them and there were a few others, but there really kind of isn't an alternative, is there? Yeah. And you, you gotta have to have a multi-platform
2: this. approach, right? No matter yeah. what you're doing. So, and we do that. that so we go to Instagram, we have LinkedIn, um, we have Facebook, but they definitely reach different audiences. So, you know, you've got to think about how you're sharing news there. And I don't think for Twitter or any of them that you have to buy ads. It's about having a connection with a person. So just like anybody you do business with, right? And then the bigger the company you know, kind of the more important the contact is, um, regardless of where they are in level, it's having a contact and then knowing what your game plan is. And we did that, right? So we, one, leveraged all our power users within the company to make sure news was being shared. We certainly have more, we we probably are very fortunate in that we have a lot of crossover across our team and they can share news both individually on clients and keep the CastorCom handle out there. Um, I think for me personally, it was more about the CastorCom handle because there was this brand, which for me is my part of my brand, that was being tarnished by them essentially accusing us with no evidence of bad behavior, bad be- behavior. There was no evidence to that behavior. But if so, if you're just looking at our account, there was nothing to justify why we were where we were. And so, you know, when you're in the process of new business or you're pitching media or you're doing any of the things that we do, we're very out there and it's, a, it's something people are looking to. I'm thinking about it in my head as we're going through this. And I'm like, our Castacom handle is in, you know, a half a dozen different, you know, new business proposals right now. So those were kind of the legacy parts that, have, that could kind of def calm this for you. So right. having even a, having LinkedIn or having Instagram doesn't solve that problem no matter what, right? So you have to figure out how to get your account back um, and you've got to do all the steps to do that because if you, you know, if, if AV Nation goes down and it's, that handles down, you know, there's lots of ways to promote AV Nation, but there's still this legacy page that lives that says you guys were tagged as being a bad participant or you're a bad brand. I mean, to me, it looked like we were a bad brand when I went to it and you landed on that page. It was like, proceed with caution.
0: Yeah. They did something negative. Right.
2: Absolutely.
1: Yeah. It was, it was definitely negative. I mean, I also think that so if I was a bit, if I was managing a Twitter feed for someone who had Um, you know, was there on Twitter for a long time, had a lot of followers, um, was, you know, any type of like account where you made announcements that people paid attention to. Um, I might think about starting a backup account and letting people know what the backup account is. Um, I actually saw this done recently on Instagram. So, um, it's an account that I follow that talks about, um, foster care and adoption and, and they talk about issues of race all the time and stuff, and they, uh, were getting bombarded by this like feud thing that they were in and they kept getting flagged and Instagram kept taking them down um, uh, sort of unfairly. And so they started a, like, this is our emergency backup account. Go here for updates. If you stop hearing from us, because if you stop hearing from us, it means we've been like locked out. Um, and obviously that was like a, very different than what we're talking about right now in terms of subject matter. However, it was valid. People who cared a lot about that account, their numbers went up really fast. Like the, the other account, got, uh, gained a following really quickly. Um, you know, they followed like 20, uh, they had 20,000 followers or something on Instagram. So that was, you know, people cared what that account had to say. It was the official account of this very large organization. Um, you know, we handle some accounts that are similar to that in size and scope. My biggest account had, you know, has 11,000 followers on Twitter. It's not enormous, but it's not nothing. It's been built and they're all pretty really qualified. They care about what this organization has to say. So, you know, I think there's some validity to thinking about a secondary place of just like, this is where you can get your news. And this is kind of the backup if we ever have this issue. Unfortunately, I think Twitter has clearly built a massive just web of algorithms that they plan to run their platform on. And if you pay attention to like what's happened to Twitter over the last several years, they've gotten tons and tons of heat for um, not doing a good enough job of blocking hate and, you know, racism and bigotry and um, you know, people doxing others and giving out public information and they've been under fire for a long time. And so, you know, probably to them, this issue is very small peanuts, but I think it's, you know, there's a ton of us out there who rely on Twitter to do part of our business or to conduct part of our business. And there isn't a good replacement and you can't, you know, we would, we probably would never just walk away from Twitter. So, you know, you've got to find the ways that you can have a backup, know who to reach out to, Um, the other thing Kim and I were talking about is like, if you're, if you're someone who manages social media for an account that, you know, for your job or something, um, you should really look to see who is listed as the phone number and, um, validate like the email that's validated on the account. Because if you, if it's not you, let's say it's the CEO of your company that started it originally five years ago. And that person isn't regularly accessible. If you do ever get asked to validate, um, and you don't do it right away, sometimes that can be a flag. And if you, if you get asked that, and then you don't have access to the person whose cell phone it is, um, actually it was a problem for us because I was, off or at an appointment or something. The first day it happened, and so I, you know, like Alex Crabber, SVP, was texting me like, "Can you look and see if you got anything from Twitter because we're having trouble and we're authenticating?" And I actually had to pull around the side of the road to like to see because I was driving. Um, and you know, at least they could reach me. But you could be in a situation where you couldn't reach the person. That could be a detriment. So you should make sure that if it's not you, it's somebody who you can reach and you have a plan for like, if we get flagged, this is what we do. So.
3: So contingency planning and build your networks seem to be right. the two biggest uh, yeah. takeaways from this. Um, and, and, and not just building your network so you have someone to contact at the company, but also building your networks with qualified followers that will then follow you somewhere else. And, okay. and I, I, I will say I, I became aware of this whole situation when I saw the uh, Women of AV messages and the hey we have a new handle because drama so please follow <laughs> us so um i did <laughs> now nope. i followed two caster accounts so not from individuals <laughs> but um yeah so so it sounds like a, a lot of things in av we need to take care of our relationships take care of our networks and uh, take care of people and the tech is just what we use and what we do yeah. it, the, the the important thing is the people right
1: yeah
3: absolutely so, any final thoughts on this? I mean, I, I'm sure at this point you guys are just heaving sighs of relief that it's <laughs> over with, and your customers as well. Um, it, it, you know, CD is like minutes and a half away. You know, you've, yeah. <laughs> you know, all, all, all the full press of, of of marketing is going on there. But, um, fi- yeah, what's what's your final takeaway on it?
2: It's good to take t- Twitter breaks. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I think it's you know, you gotta watch your accounts too. I would say if you get those messages, respond quickly. Uh make sure you're you're not going on those big gaps where you have downtimes or where you're automating and you're putting too much out, but you're also not going back and making sure everything's going okay. Right. I, I always i regardless of them saying, Whoops, it was us, not you, uh you always wonder how did it still happen to us, right? You know, how did we end up in there? So making sure everything is always right. And I think we're actually really good at that with the exception of the fact that I bet CastorCom comes last on the list of we have all these client accounts that we touch and manage. We do all our personals, So it's easy to, for it's even to say, like the fact that we didn't, nobody noticed the fact that we were using info at CastorCom and it could have easily been one of our names instead and um you know it just it's a little thing um but you never know and and keeping that out there of okay have i checked on my account it's even just have i changed my password recently have i updated my logo have i updated my photo have i made any changes to the headers on my page because it makes you look like you're a real human or a real company who's doing and caring and actively involved and and if you looked truly at the content alone, that would do it. But um, when I was setting up the sort of what would potentially be the new CastorCom handle, I realized, okay, we need to update some of these pieces on our header and we're going to do the, all those as well. So, you know, it's not a bad idea to probably just check those every couple of months as you're moving along and you're kind of forget getting on top of it. You do. Of course you do. And you're like, Oh, I like that photo. I mean, at least in our case, our logo never changes, but I like that photo from me from 13 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yep. yep.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I would just add, you know, so one of my uh, podcasts that I listen to is called Reply All. They talk about everything on the internet and they had an episode about a person whose Snapchat account was ha- stolen, basically taken over. And I think about that a lot. And I was thinking about it a lot during this issue because um, there are so many things that can go wrong now on social media. And one big one actually is that your account can get stolen and you don't think it's going to get stolen by the platform, but it but you, you know, think it could get hacked if your password is part of a, um, you know, leak or breach. And then that's the same password you use to get into your Twitter account. And, basically what you know they sell that's on the black market that's all, they sell passwords to all these accounts and that's what happened to this girl in this in this podcast episode and um you know they sell for like five to twenty bucks a pop depending on how, how good they are but i think the lesson no matter what is that you know just like kim said like you have to always be updating always be making sure that you're safe i think people a lot of people on all of their social accounts probably use a password that they set when they started the account if i had to guess um unless you've forgotten and had to change it a million times and then gotten the mad maddening thing like that is you're you're you you are you can not use a former password and then you're like ee, ee, if it was a former <laughs> password how how is this happening but anyway um but yeah you have to be you really do have to be careful you have to be on top of things and sort of you know using best practices all the time not just like not just when those kind of things not
2: just when it goes wrong yeah yeah right. you can, a
1: lot of things can happen but you it's know almost, what? it's too late <laughs> it is too late but it happened to us and not a client and i we are inherent like so thankful cool. because now we do know what to do so you know, I'm kidding. let I'm start Absolutely. offering crisis communications for that on our on our LinkedIn <laughs> profiles.
2: <laughs> and we have the secret email.
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Reach out to us, we will charge five thousand dollars about the email. <laughs> there you go.
3: <laughs> oh good uh, well, I can say on behalf of all of us at Avi Nation, all of your friends and followers here, we're very glad that it did end up getting resolved and that Castorcom, C A S T E R C O M M, yep. is back as your official handle. Uh although we're gonna keep following that other one just in case. Just in case. <laughs> just in case. <laughs> Um, and we do appreciate both of you taking time out of your busy day at, right before a show to come and talk about this and share this experience with all of our listeners and viewers. Um, thank you so much for coming today. So, Kimberly, where can folks find you or Caster Communications <laughs> on the Twitters or elsewhere?
2: Uh, I'm at NewsCaster, pretty easy one, and CastorCom is... What you just said, Castercom with two M's. And then our new secret handle is Castercom C, which is bizarre because it was supposed to be Castercom.com, but whatever. It was really late at night and I don't even care. (laughs) But our logo's there and some of the drama is there. So it was kind of fun to keep. Well, thanks for coming. And
1: Ashley, where besides Caster can folks find you? Uh, I'm also on Twitter and I'm at Ashley D-A-N-O and I am verified so not a bot account. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> and Kelly thank you for coming as always. Uh,
3: where can folks find you and or NSCA on the socials?
0: Um, find me on Twitter at Kelly P Perkins and uh, the Ignite initiative for NSCA is igniteyourcareer.org.
3: Great. Well, um, as usual, I'm Dawn Mead, AV Dawn on Twitter and elsewhere on the socials. You can always find me at either Dawn Mead or AV Dawn. And I can't tell you where I work because it's still a secret, but you can always find me here (laughs) at avnation.tv. Here at avnation.tv, where we cover all the best news and drama of the AV world. We appreciate your viewing. We appreciate your listening and we look forward to seeing you again. Bye-bye.